Hello, and welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health topics in our community and things of interest to students at the university. My name is Mina Nabavi, and I'm a program manager in the Office of Public Health Practice in the UAB School of Public Health. Today we have with us Michael Murphy, Chief Executive Officer of Medical Advocacy and Outreach of Alabama. So thank you for coming up to Birmingham today to talk to us about medical advocacy and outreach, which I'll refer to as MAO from, from here on out, and the important work that y'all are doing for those living in rural Alabama. So thank, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Very glad to be here. Absolutely. So as I understand it, MAO is a community-based organization that provides primary health care and social support services for individuals living with HIV, Hep C, and other illnesses, exactly. particularly those living in rural Alabama. That's correct, absolutely. So for those individuals, what are some of the barriers um, or challenges that people face when trying to access medical care and how does that affect their health? Sure, yeah, and I think if you look at rural people uh, in Alabama but anywhere, transportation is always gonna be an issue. Right. Uh, you usually do not have a, a strong enough rural transportation system to be able to get people in. And it makes it worse, it's compounded when you have a limited number of providers. And in Alabama right now, we're facing health professional shortages to a point that we've got doctors who can hardly really retire because there's no one to take the practice. Mm -hmm. And those who do, unfortunately, they don't have an ability to be able to keep their systems going. So they hang in as long as they can, sometimes dying before they can find somebody to, to wow. be able to pull. And I think what that's going to mean for more rural people is longer drive to try to find services. But medical care in rural America is different. Most rural people tend not to go to the doctor as frequently. So if you have any additional barriers, my real concern is it's going to lead to even worse health care outcomes than we currently have. So MAO was originally founded in 1987. That's what, about 30, exactly. 30 years? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And it transitioned to a full-service um, medical facility for HIV AIDS in 1996, is that That's correct? correct, absolutely. Yeah. So what types of services does MAO offer to those living in rural Alabama with Sh HIV AIDS? Sure, yeah. What we're doing, we do still do primary care for all those consumers. We do their specialized care, but we also can do their primary health care in addition to that. We've operated, beginning in June, a full dental clinic uh, okay. to better serve because we saw a lot of oral health care issues. And it's oftentimes hard to find referrals, not so much because dentists won't take them, but just finding dentists to be able to do it because, again, there's a shortage in rural areas for that. So we started operating on that one. Added to that, we do a full support network like an umbrella. So we have social workers. We do uh, health educators to talk about healthier living. Uh, we do housing programs. We collaborate with programs throughout the state to have better referral resources. So what we really have wanted to do is people coming in, first, the people living with HIV was to have everything under one roof. I always say that the Ryan White Care Act model, which is what we do, uh, was really the beginnings of the home medical model, meaning everything in one place so consumers would get quicker response to their care. So I think that's what we're moving. And then we started looking toward hepatitis C treatment because that's also a heavily underserved community. And then diabetes care. Sure. In South Alabama, diabetes is still a massive issue, particularly in very poor counties. Right. So in 2018, that will be a big push for us. So all 
pulling everything in under one roof, under one umbrella, has really made a difference, I think, in the overall healthcare outcomes of our consumers. So prior to 2011, MEO clinic staff traveled throughout rural Alabama providing care when needed. And I know right. in the seminar that you just did, you showed us the vehicle that y'all oh, yeah. traveled in. That's so that right. must have been extremely time intensive and yeah. resource heavy. So how has telemedicine changed MAO's ability to provide care? Good, great question. You know, what we did when I was part of that early group that we would take that then was cars and then later we moved up to vans okay. and that was great. Um, when you look at it from a practice standpoint, because I'm a mental health therapist and an MSW of a training, so I was doing both case management and behavioral health you're not seeing patients, you're on the road. So if we're traveling two hours, two or half hours one way, two and a half hours back, that's almost four to five hours of drive time. Nobody's being served. Then if I switch my hats as an administrator, then what I'm seeing is I've got doctor, nurse, social worker, highly paid staff members who are riding. In a car. In a car, <laughs> yeah. And so with that, it makes it, you know, it's not cost effective. Right. So I began to look at models and mental health systems have used a model of telemed where they actually link psychiatrists to you know, individuals out in the areas that had no psychiatric, uh, psychiatric assistance available, but they had therapists. So they would be able to do their medicine monitoring piece. Sure. And I thought, you know, that model could work with us. So as the equipment began to research it, we realized it would. So fast forward to 2017, the beauty is that what we have now is an ability to link a nurse practitioner and a physician to a nurse who is with one of our patients in a rural area, and they're able to get full medical care using a Bluetooth stethoscope, autoscopes, everything to do full dermatological review, do ear, nose, throat. All of those pieces now save so much time. And add to it, for example, I could have a, a doctor or a nurse practitioner in Dothan, Alabama, see a patient on site, turn around and see a patient in Selma, turn around and see a patient on site, see another patient in Linden, Alabama, and keep going so your, your whole management style improves because you have no downtime. You're always seeing a patient. So Alabamians are benefiting from it. A nonprofit like ours benefits from it because we're not wasting money. And it really, I think, is a cost-effective and an efficient way to address the needs of the people of our state. Absolutely, and that program is called Alabama eHealth, is correct. that correct? That's right, it's a direct practice model. Okay. There, there are other models out there that use what I call the Skype mode, and that is they will link a medical provider to another medical provider to give good consultation, which I think has its merit, and in some cases that's absolutely what's needed. But in many of our areas, we have no doctors there. There is no nurse practitioner there. So we've got to somehow use the technology to actually do full-on exams. And I think that's what has been the difference in what we do, because we're training other people around the country now on how to do it, right. which is an honor for a small nonprofit right. to really have adapted this. And, you know, and we only are able to do that because we are sharing sites provided by UAB and Selma, by you know, federally qualified health centers in some of the other areas, by health department, Alabama Department of Health, all of those working people together. So it's almost like we use all of our strengths to better serve people in need. And that is a true Alabama way. That's sure. the way it should be. Absolutely. So over the past 30 years, what have been some of the major accomplishments of MAO? Yeah, you know, when they started that organization, it was all volunteer. 
And really when they began, it was mainly these men and women in Montgomery, Alabama, very similar to BAO here in Birmingham, okay. and, and then Mobile Aid Support Services in Mobile. Many just started off because no one was taking care of people. They were coming home particularly to die. And we had parents and grandparents who were saying, you know, my granddaughter is coming home. She has this thing called HIV or this AIDS is what they often said. And we don't know what to do. So what those group of people in those early years were doing was stepping up to serve people in need. And then as the agency grew, it began to realize they needed to do more social work services. They needed more food bank services. And then in our case, when I was hired in the, in the mid late nineties, it was mainly, we were doing medical care and we needed to expand to a broader case model. So just watching an organization use successful model to grow into what we're now a full-on medical provider that has not lost its mission route. Sure. And I think that's the beauty of nonprofit and, and organizations, community-based programs. When they learn how to use technology to better benefit people, they keep that mission route in there and they can offer so much more service than just a corporate model. It's a heart model and that's what I hope we never lose. That's what I pray that we'll never lose that. Sure. And so looking forward, next 30 years, what's yeah. what's there for MAO? I want that? to use that successful Ryan White Care Act idea, and that is bring everything under our one roof, our link people to services, and have case management to follow them. And part of that is there needs to be planning on that. And that's where I think programs like Masters in Public Health and all these programs can really be on the forefront of that to say, you know, let's think beyond the veil a little bit on how we can provide better planning for healthcare in our country and around the world because many of your students are going to other parts of the world right. to practice, which I think is great. But I think what we're going to do is move that to other models, other morbidities rather, where people aren't really addressing it. There's no one there to do it. And I think programs like ours need to step and fill that gap not try to replace what good people are doing already, but find the areas that no one's serving and let's meet that need. Absolutely. Good. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. I've I've learned a lot about MAO, and I know our viewers will as well. So Excellent. keep up the, the wonderful work that you are doing and your organization is doing in, in rural Alabama. I appreciate that. And thank you for watching. Please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plug-In. <laughs>